you under her eye. This podcast is all about women's empowerment and gender equality. We are fucking this month in the patriarchy over here and we are doing that through education because education is so important and this is all brought to you by me in Sandsfield. I am 17 years old. I do not know shit. I do not. Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to Under Her Eye. I have not uploaded in three weeks. Ah, that's so bad. To be honest, I, I don't know. I don't want it to feel like a pain having to do a podcast episode. I want to enjoy it. I want to do it when it feels right. And... I've not quite figured out how to do that, but also keep it as a routine. Um, But part of me feels like it's because my podcast is quite, you know, it's it's centred around gender equality and intersectionality. But I also want to talk about other things like just my life. Um, so yeah, I don't really know, I don't really know how that's gonna work out. Maybe if my podcast is centred around (coughs) women's empowerment, then that can include things that empower me, and then I can talk about them. No, that's actually a good point though. Um, but yeah, I have a few updates. Um... So, what updates do I have? Um, I'm actually... Oh, my God. Right, okay. So, in photography, I'm doing a project on religion. But I'm centering it around women in religion. And it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really cool. So, if you want to see the photos of that, they're not... They don't exist yet. But they will do soon. Um, then I'll I'll post them on Under Her Eye Instagram. And also on my main Instagram, which is Amy Sandfield with two Y's. My other update is actually quite sad. Um, My dog passed away last week and it was quite sudden. Um, He was only nine, which, I mean, some people might be like, nine's quite old. But he was like not nine. (laughs) He was like more like he was like six. Like, don't get me wrong, he was lazy. But he was healthy. Um, so it was quite sudden. He basically, last, like, maybe Sunday, he started just being a bit, acting a bit ill. But he always used to act ill. He just used to act ill. So we kind of, I don't know, didn't think it was too serious. And then he started, like, not being able to walk properly. And then on, like, Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday, he was, like, not walking in a straight line. He was, like, going all, like, wonky. Wonky whip it. Wonky, wonky whip it willow. Um, he couldn't walk in a straight line on Wednesday. And then, or maybe Tuesday. And then on Thursday, he couldn't move. Like, he couldn't move at all. And then on Friday, he was put to sleep. So, it was extremely fast. And it was, like, oh, my Lord, what is happening? Um... But yeah, that's just a bit of a sad update. Um, I don't even know what this episode is right now. I just thought I'd record the introduction. Uh, actually, I do know what this episode is. 
I'm going to be talking about the empowerment that spirituality can bring. Um, so I'm not going to be focusing on religion as such, but just spirituality. Because I, since the first lockdown, have become a lot more spiritual. And that has definitely empowered me. So we're going to just talk about how it can empower women. And we might also touch on why it's also not always empowering. For example, law of attraction. Okay, I believe in the law of attraction, however, it's problematic. It is problematic, especially the book, The Secret. And it can also, it can be seen as a way of oppressing. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get right into that. So I'm going to start with an article about the law of attraction and how manifestation language ignores systemic oppression. I'm very interested in this and yeah and then I'm going to go into more positive notes of how religion and spirituality more specifically can empower women. So this article was wrote last April and it is called Kind Living Health. So um, this person is saying that she was troubled for the first time when she, <laughs> the first time, when the first time she heard people talking about it. Um, first, first, for those who don't know, the law of attraction is basically this, our thoughts manifest reality. And so if we change our thoughts, we can manifest that which we desire. Now, there are some pieces of this that can be helpful. As a former therapist, I've used cognitive behavioural therapy techniques with many clients, which says genuinely the change in negative thought patterns in, into a more helpful ones can impact, <laughs> impact our behaviour and our emotional states. This can help us cope with our situations and help us manage our response to them. Where I feel the law of attraction principles go awry is that they tell us that if your situation isn't what you want it to be, you can think yourself into a new situation. You attract what you think. The flip side of this is that your situation is not what you want it to be. Your thoughts must have also attracted that reality. Not only do I find this to be a bit shame-based, but it rests on patriarchal capitalist ideals and completely disregards the impact of systemic oppression. This is where my discomfort with it has been centred. There are circumstances larger than what mere positive thinking can overcome, especially when we are not in positions of power and the law of attraction is extremely binary in its approach. Changing one's thought does not solely have the power to change one's situation if that situation is largely a result of problematic power structures, and blame should not be placed on the oppressed for that. Injustice is not manifested by the oppressed, but rather by the oppressor. Now please hear me. I am in no way saying that people experiencing oppression are incapable of making changes in their lives, or that our thoughts don't have impact on our experiences. What I am saying is that the law of attraction particularly caters to privileged middle to upper class white people, and it does not leave much room for there to be circumstances larger than the person trying to manifest a better situation. In this way, I have found that this sort of manifestation language to be itself oppressive. How can I look at a person of colour and tell them that they can, they can attract a life free from oppression and racism, just by changing their thoughts. How can I tell an unhoused person that they can think their way into a new home? 
How can I tell an individual with low or no income that they can attract money and wealth simply by focusing on thoughts of abundance? How can I tell an immigrant that they have complete autonomy over their situation, while in reality the unjust systems reign in control? How can I tell a trans or non-binary person that they can manifest a life free from discrimination solely by thinking positive? This is really great. Um, and I think... I think the main thing is that there are some things that are out of your control. There are certain ways that this society that we live in and that has been around for centuries is just it's just in a hierarchical patriarchal structure and yes in a perfect world without capitalism we may all be able to manifest maybe the law of attraction is correct in the fact that we manifest by our thoughts but maybe not under this hierarchy, this inequality-ridden order, you know, um, I think there was something else I wanted to say, but there are certain things that you cannot control because of societal standards, and I think she's right, they're right, sorry, um, in saying, sorry, <laughs> I think they're right in saying that it's a very middle class, white, privileged idea. I think if you have only certain barriers in your way, like your own mental barriers, then the law of attraction works. But if there are societal imposed barriers on you, then it's not it's not the same and yes maybe if you're um for example a lgbtqia plus person and you are trying to manifest that people do not harass you okay maybe by thinking more positively you could stop worrying about it which maybe puts out the frequency of not being as anxious. It stops you imagining that you're going to be harassed. I think there's an element of truth in that, but I think that lies in your personal attitudes. If you're, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, like, I I do believe in law of attraction in some ways, um... But I think the issue comes where saying, like, I'm going to manifest that people of colour are not oppressed anymore. That is outside of your control. Like, you don't need to take that on. It's in your control. If you're a person of colour, that is not your issue. That is white, middle, well, just white people's issue that they need to sort out. It's not black people's or just, sorry, people of colour's job to stop oppressive societies it's white people's because they are the oppressors there's a lot of articles on how it's shameful which i can really see um yeah because 
everything's on you. Everything's put onto you. You could argue that law of attraction is simply um, a capitalistic method of putting the blame on individuals. <laughs> There's also articles on how it is toxic positivity, uh, law of attraction and mental illness, law of attraction ruined my life. Oh my god. What? That's crazy. I'm scared. Um, this now, <laughs> I'm gonna switch it. I'm gonna talk about how spiritual empowerment can really help women to feel authentic. I don't really like the word authentic because it's not about, yeah, it's not about that in a way. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking in like shitty little words. Okay, how women empower themselves through religion. So, oh my gosh, it's like an old article. Published in 1996. What? Okay, so this introduction is interesting. Women's participation in religion represents a paradox. Females of all ages, women of all ages, are more religious than males. And recent studies suggest that the gap may actually widen during midlife. Women are more likely than men to describe themselves as religious, to be church-affiliated, to pray frequently, to feel close to God, and to report a positive view of their church. However, many religions are patriarchal in their beliefs. Sacred images, language and practices. Women do. Why do women disproportionately invest in an institution that systematically devalues them? There are many potential rewards for religious faith. Comfort, security, a sense of belonging and or personal growth. The positive feelings associated with each of these gains would likely help the religious individual to feel somewhat better about herself or himself. On the other hand, if, as Carol Rabin asserts, prejudice against girls and women is within the very fibre of the religious establishment, it is hard to imagine how women could be empowered through participation in it. Rayburn further argues that masculine religious concepts preclude women's full acceptance in religious contexts and, on a more personal level, deprive women of the special joy of praying to someone like themselves, something that men do all the time and take for granted. So that is obviously an introduction that is claiming that religion is not empowering and is questioning why women maybe feel it is empowering and I am very conflicted and I, I it's not black and white for me it's not oppressive or empowering it's not one or the other it's literally both it depends on the person um for me I am very spiritual and I find spirituality extremely empowering but I know as a fact that if I was to at this point in my life identify with a certain religion I would feel that quite oppressive because a lot of religions um have most of them have certain beliefs about women that are not in alignment with me and I wouldn't be able to be religious with a certain religion that I don't align with most of their beliefs like I can't align myself with religion that thinks women and men are 
are so vastly different and women have different roles i can't do that um so this article uh, is oh god oh god i want like an easy to read one jesus (laughs) oh my god that is pun not intended (laughs) um our culture has been strongly influenced by three major religions all patriarchal i.e male-centered since the time of abraham patriarch of judaism islam and christianity women have had baby bearers and child women have been baby bearers and child rearers rarely have they been spiritual leaders Women were among Jesus' closest followers. There are many stories in the Gospels of his respect and full acceptance of them. In a culture that kept women subordinate and separate even in the temple, he treated women as of equal value with men. He willingly spoke to women in public, and some of his deepest teachings were to the Samaritan woman at the well. When he spoke of God as a spirit, available to us all wherever we are, many women were in Jesus' band of travelling disciples, and it was some of these women, led by Mary Magdalene, who went to anoint his body to resurrection morning. For women to be as intimate with Jesus as Mary Magdalene suggests that she may have been his wife. Women also play a major role in Paul's ministry, and in some instances convened new groups of followers of the way, to whom Paul spoke eloquently. As he taught on, he wrote letters of encouragement to these groups, acknowledging the roles of these women. Okay, suppression of women. How ironic that the religion that developed in in Jesus' name ignored the role of women and became patriarchal to the point of only men being eligible to to the priests or hold major leadership roles. This disempowering of women and suppression of female potential carried, carried through all levels of society, designating women as the weaker sex. This church-led discrimination and suppression of women has resulted in a struggle for recognition by women globally in more recent times in every aspect of life. Life? Since the 19th century, there has been a movement away from established religion. This often results in total rejection of belief in any aspect of God and the teachings of Jesus. For many, it has been a search for spiritual belief outside the church. In the USA, in the late 1800s, several inspirational women speakers, oh my God, excuse me, offered the teachings of Jesus without the dogma of the church. They were part of the new thought movement, which is really old thought as taught by Jesus. This attracted thousands of women as well as men, as this philosophy empowered everybody, regardless of gender or any differences. This new thought movement has spread throughout the Western world as the new spirituality. By the century, by the century, the change your thoughts, change your life, inspirational teachings of various new thought groups, including positive thinking and use of affirmations, has gone out into the culture and is now widely used and accepted. We see this influence in movies such as The Secret, personalities such as Oprah Winfrey and many popular books. It is not new age, but a way of finding the empowerment aspect within our own being. As a unity minister, I love the fact that unity started that unity was started by a woman, Myrtle Fillmore, in the eighteen eighties. She had been diagnosed with TB, then an incurable disease, and was expected to die within months. However, she sought out speakers on the new wave of positive thinking. Through the process she learned the hereditary influences that can be overcome by changing old belief. This has been confirmed in our 
in our time of DNA proving to be only one part of our inheritance, our lifestyle and beliefs as are a major influence on our health and happiness. Myrtle cured herself of TB. Then she went on to establish a prayer ministry that's continued to stay. With her husband Charles, she has founded the Unity Ministries, which are now worldwide. There have always been more women ministers than men, and this continues to do be so today. That's interesting. Today, statistics showing the drop in religious attendance do account for the thousands of Australians who have found other spiritual avenues. Um, there is no longer any reason for women to feel lesser in the eyes of God. It is better for men too to be relieved of the burden of inequality. What? And to be able to participate in equal terms with women in their homes, work, sports and leisure. How lucky were you are all to live in this century? Okay, it, that took a turn. I'm not sure the sentence, it is better for men too to be relieved of the burden of inequality. Um, That makes no sense because they are privileged due to certain oppressions of women but i see the point of the whole um article it's basically just conveying the movement away from christianity really abrahamic religions to more of a spiritual more fluid flexible um What's it called? <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. I can't. I'm trying to like find. Okay, five free keys for spiritually empowered women. Acceptance of self in the as in condition can lead to the awareness of desire for change. It is what it is, but it doesn't have to stay this way. What? Action. Is this? In is the physical effort of thought and perception leads to manifestation of change. If my thinking expands to a wider horizon, anything is possible. Awareness is a state of cognitive living that involves the ability... What? That doesn't... I'm a bit confused, guys. I'm a bit confused. So in my opinion, um, my spirituality empowers me. It empowers me as a person. Um, but it empowers me on like a soul level because I don't see this body or this life as everything. Um, and spirituality can definitely offer an outlet, a hope. I think it can it can possibly go the other way where women start thinking oh well it's only this life I have to go through and it can make them a little bit complacent in allowing oppression (laughs) I think I'm going to do another episode on this I say that every single week but I just realized I needed to upload one an episode and I thought this was quite a good one because I am very spiritual and I definitely find my spirituality empowering. I don't, I can't really describe it very well. It's kind of hard to describe how it empowers me as a woman. Um, but it definitely empowers me to speak 
back up more in a way but then that maybe I'm giving too much credit to spirituality and maybe it's just me learning and my own ability so I need to do some little notes on why spirituality actually empowers me but I think it comes from a more inner way and it empowers me to feel more confident and that then you know leads to speaking up more I'd say um this says women's spirituality is a bridge between her body and the goddess within um I kind of get that like I was saying like not just seeing yourself as this body what is women's spiritual empowerment self-awareness self-esteem self-value break the chains of old belief system freedom to think new ways eternal happiness and peace reach unlimited potential the first ones are good like self-value self-esteem self-awareness they're they're definitely important um on today's problem suppression during all this i had forgotten that is true actually who i am like even when you're recognizing social inequalities you still need to be knowing who you are and to fight the oppression you need to know who you are and be proud of who you are that's a good point oh my gosh those pictures are scary what what is the solution how to attain spiritual empowerment childhood parenting awareness and support education and motivation personal spiritual growth and self-awareness I don't understand the child of parenting. I don't understand this PowerPoint. But education, definitely important. Knowledge, gaining knowledge. But I really think the speaking up, realising about oppression <laughs> is the stepping, using your empowerment as a woman, especially as a oppressed, non-privileged woman. Um, yeah. I think that is all I can find. This I couldn't find as much as I thought I would do. They're very religious, these things, which isn't really my vibe. Um, yeah, I will see you for a part two, guys. I might start loading every two weeks. I just think every week is a bit much for me. I'm not Dutch. I'm not capable of uploading every week. So I think I'll see you in two weeks. I will see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. (laughs)